0: Off the Ball. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. Subscribe now to the OTB
1: Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette. We don't just play the game, we change it. Gillette, made of what matters. This is News Talk.
2: All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. We've got a busy show ahead. There's a lot of live sport on this evening. Shamrock Rovers 3-0 down against Molde in their Europa Conference League game. There's an hour gone in that one. And Manchester United one all in their Europa League game away at Nicosia we'll keep an eye on them throughout the evening and we'll keep an eye on Scotland against Austria in the World Cup playoff the Republic of Ireland will find out their playoff opponents tonight and Sue Ronan's going to join us on the football show to chat about that John Giles coming away at half past seven Uh, he's going to be talking about the Manchester Derby obviously the brilliance of Manchester City but also uh, what he feels are some bizarre comments from Eric Ten Hag post-match so that coming away at half past seven Formula One at eight o'clock and we'll also check in with Rafa Honigstein on the football show Jubbal Bellingham a wonder goal last night, he's going to be a big part of England's uh, bid to win the World Cup So we'll talk about the rise of Bellingham and where he may end up next So all that on the way, 53106 is the text number Add off the ball if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter or on social media uh, Richie McCormick is with us, good evening Richie Nathan, how are you? I'm alright, Joe Malloy, good evening Evening gents I say it's a good evening, I've got to be honest Then don't know if I'm in the mood for this tonight lads I'm just a little bit broken today A little bit broken by sport. Has there been a worse week for sport? You think of the controversies. (laughs) You think of it. Who can we trust anymore? So it started with the chess. If we can't trust the chess, what can we trust? Widespread cheating, it turns out, in the chess. Can it get any lower than that? Turned out, yes, it can get lower than that. Fishing. Cheating in the fishing. Do you know this, Joe? Lead balls found inside the walleye fish at the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament in Cleveland, Ohio. Lead balls. Lead balls. Footage from the weigh-in shows tournament director Jason Fisher open up a cache before shouting, We got weights in the fish! He then (laughs) took them out, tossed them in disgust. People are heard randomly shouting. One clearly upset man repeatedly shouts, You mother! You know the rest (gasps) of it. So people were very upset about this. They were putting lead balls in and they were taking the fish. So the two uh, guilty parties refused to comment. So that has me broken for starters. I'm, yeah, all the joy of watching the Manchester Derby is long gone at this stage. And then I wake up this morning and I open up the Irish Independent. You seen this? No. How cheating claims are rocking the world of Irish dancing. Sorry, I have My seen God. this yet. Irish dancing judges accused of fixing competitions have been allowed to continue overseeing major competitions, the Irish Independent reveals. On Commission Lorinke Gaelica, apologies to the Gaelgores listening in, CLRG as we'll call them from now on, uh, they are the prestigious global body that governs Irish dancing, has been rocked by what is believed to be its largest ever alleged cheating scandal. It has seen some of the most successful and well regarded Irish dance teachers and schools accused of fixing competitions for their own students. The CLRG so far declined to clarify if judges accused of cheating will oversee upcoming competitions. Is Irish dancing a sport?
1: Oh yeah, I think so. It's this athletic
2: is for sure anyway, yeah. Willow Callahan claims that it's part of the GAA and that his local club are county champions? Are Leinster champions? Is it part of yeah. the GAA? Like, do we need to get Larry McCarthy involved in this?
1: That rings a bell. Yeah, you can ask Larry about it, yeah. Wow. This
2: is uh, pretty serious. The money people spend on Irish dancing is insane. Uh, one woman is talking here about going to England and that there was a social night the night before and they were a bit surprised because they're one of the uh, smaller Irish dancing clubs. Is that the word? Uh, and that the judges and a lot of the head teachers and a lot of other clubs were socialising together and they were a bit surprised by this and then their small little club didn't win any of the prizes. She so said they spent 15 grand this year on Irish dancing between the lessons and the travelling.
1: Hmm. This is a serious business. Presumably, these are children being cheated. I assume so.
2: Like, is, um, what age do you? Well, not sure, Riverdance. Eh? They're
1: all adults, aren't they? So I presume
2: you keep competing to a to a reasonable age, or then do you just looking, turn professional. Yeah. No Looking way, at right, the, right, uh, you, the the I'm the, sure the, the allegations scene.
0: involved. Yeah, uh, looking at the allegations involved, I think there's adults there too. Um, okay. I might be wrong. Some of them are a bit, um,
1: eighteens. Let's just say. Well, look. This is what sport does, fellas. But this has Lays been covered out.
2: throughout the day, Joe. Human. And all I'm hearing is omerta, that nobody is talking.
1: Well, I, 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 mean, I, I saw clips from Liveline. So <sighs> people have been talking. People have been talking. Wow. Uh, what, what is sport, Nathan, if not just uh, you know, the full spectrum of human behavior? So uh, cheating. Is there a sport where cheating doesn't happen? Could you care to name a sport where there's not cheating?
2: <sighs> At least in golf, Joe. You know, cheat. Oh, no. We call them out straight away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
2: your reputation is everything
1: well we spent a good 15 minutes today on the podcast talking about bandits even just at grassroots level see it's banditry mm. it's not cheating you nurse nurse their handicap that is cheating if you're nursing your handicap, so you can therefore play off a false handicap in a big tournament that is absolutely cheating that's 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 lead balls and the fish which by the way is ingenious but that is that that's uh that's exactly cheating and then All the other kind of cheating we don't see because it's so easy to cheat in golf. It's the easiest sport, probably the easiest sport in the world to cheat in. Well,
2: especially because the rules are so strict. So even putting your club down behind a ball and improving your lie is cheating.
1: Yeah. And people do that all the time. And look, I'd say occasionally we've played with that person who, you know, does tend to find their ball in the trees, amazingly more often than not you know there's, there's all sorts of nefarious business going on so look am i surprised it's in fishing chess irish dancing None <laughs> considered uh no i'm not nathan S- sounds not. like
2: the lesser covered sports have got together at the lesser covered sports convention in carrick and and decided to make a splash that if they all went down the cheating route we'd finally start talking about fishing and chess and irish dancing on these sort of shows
0: mm. richie were you an irish dancer uh, I wasn't, there was briefly uh, Shandos dancing amongst the lads as part of their kind of school activities when they started off in the first couple of years, so it's it's ingrained, I think, in, in some of the schools yeah, that they'll do it, but um, not to a competitive level, it has to be said now, although I'm fairly sure if I tried it, I'd be great. I've, I've, I've no doubt about it. Joe? <laughs>
2: was, I, I could see Irish, you, Joe. Irish, Irish, Irish dancing.
1: dancing. No, no. no I, I used go like to go to the Feshes for speech and drama yeah speech and drama was in my like uh, I'm
2: wondering now was there was this sort of thing going on there because I could speak good back then I could speak real good
1: <laughs> did I win what's, you know a couple of silver medals the, here and there what's the incentive for the judges so it, with the Irish dancing we're here in uh what uh friendships I think mean, i, I, I we've done brown envelopes here I don't want to make allegations here on the airways but, but we, we, we obviously need to be careful There's yeah.
2: obviously uh yes a benefit for the judges it does seem that um because maybe it's a—I don't want to say—it's smallish community that people are leaning on their friends who have progressed to be judges. Who mm. they may have grown up with, you know. A lot of the texts they've uncovered are, oh, I need—I need this. Any chance? Any chance to do me a favor? Because the
1: more successful you are, the more your school can charge to get students in. Okay. Yeah. Well, i, I look. I don't. I, I, I only saw the headlines on the Irish Dancing, to be fair. So I don't actually. Yeah. I just thought we better cover it because you know, yeah. if this is part of the GEA, we're going to have to—we're going to have to take this seriously. Well, indeed. So back in the day when you were doing your poetry recital, see, it's a very subjective thing. Even though you mightn't have delivered it all that well, you just had a certain charisma yeah. as a young lad, you know, a certain vulnerability. <laughs> He's trying his best.
2: It is a strange thing, the old speech and drama. Learn off a poem, stand up in a podium, mm. just try and not forget any words, and maybe get a medal for it at
1: the end. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, it's not it's a difficult thing to do. I didn't particularly like it, but I, I did it for a couple of years. And, well, here uh, we are, Joe. Here we are. Well, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my big thing was like, to make, yeah, it's really good. You're just not breathing. So I just keep talking until the, at the end. <gasps> <sighs> so Minus five then. points.
2: I used to watch the fishing on Sky Sports. Those poor lads would be capsizing in their boats if they could see what was yeah. happening
1: today. That's true Jimmy Bullard uh, A very talented yes. uh, Fisher Had a, Has a quite a good show Where you go and fish With Jimmy Bullard And he teaches you how to fish And interviews you At the same time <laughs> you, gets, I think you strike me As someone
2: who'd enjoy Fishing
1: Joe Yeah I, uh,
2: I can definitely See the appeal Yeah no I, I can't At all But yeah no, I can imagine You just taking a bit Of time out mm-hmm. Nobody else around mm-hmm. On the Moy Down in Balna Down the
1: homeland Great, Great sound the Moy you Exactly know, flask, yeah and uh, Kenny Cunningham comes along. You're like, oh, geez. God. Oh God. scared the fish away. <laughs> Have you got the IQ for shut this, up. Joe? Just shut up.
2: Some of the Irish That's dancing... A is that a bass, Joe? He's got a pass. <laughs> Some of the Irish dancing allegations include illegal arm movements during competition. It is flatly denied, though. Oh, my God. My... An illegal oh arm
1: movement. Bro.
2: Did we I ever get, get to the, the bottom of Magnus, we... Magnus Magnuson and the internal vibrating buzzers in the chest?
1: Sorry. <laughs> I, keep, I keep needing to, to read up on that. Who who was control? What like is this like? Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Like a cough? Who was controlling the buzzers? Was he getting kind of Morse code through the buzzers or what was going on there? Magnus Mag- Magnus Magnusson's the guy who presented.
2: Uh, mastermind. mastermind. Magnus Sorry. Carlson is the guy involved. That's
1: that's what I'm talking about. Give us the, the chess thing. Did we ever figure out the methodology there? Besides the well, there seems to be know? a few different
2: cheating allegations because so the um, the guy at the centre at the moment he says it was when he was and before he turned professional and he was a kid. Yeah. And he was just trying things out. And ever since he turned pro, none of this sort of stuff is happening. So okay. I think we keep threatening to do an in-depth piece on this. I so. know, I know, I know. No, no. But we just yeah. all hoped it would move on and we wouldn't have to actually do it. But maybe the time is coming that we might have to do this at some stage. Uh, 53106 is the text number if you want to get in touch. Uh, there's a lot going on at the moment. So Shamrock Grovers 3-0 down. Uh, against Mould. I saw the Rovers team and not surprised to see the scoreline, Richie, uh, rested an awful lot of their first-choice players. I assume because they're playing shells in the league on Sunday and they're having to focus on that. Uh, if you were very cynical, you'd say they're putting out a couple of the young lads because
0: it gives them a platform to show Europe what they're about and increase their value. Yeah, I think Justin Perisai though, as he's 17, obviously, and is playing in midfield this evening for Rovers. He's played European football already for them this season. I think that they probably decided that qualifying from this group maybe beyond them and that it's probably best to focus on league matters so you had Edouard Motomaku starting up front uh, tonight and a couple of changes uh, five changes I think it was in all from the team that beat Sligo at the weekend they are 3-0 down away to Malda in that uh, Group F Conference League game there is what 17 minutes to go in that one the other game in that group kicks off at eight and sees Ghent at home to your Gordons there was also a 545 start in Brussels where it's Anderlecht nil West Ham nil uh, so it remains there with 17 minutes to go. Elsewhere in that group, Silke Bore are flying. They're 5-0 up at home to FCSB, the artists formerly known as Stoya Bucharest. And Hearts have glamorous visitors to Tyne Castle tonight. Fiorentina, their opponents in group A from eight. It looked a bit sticky for Manchester United in Group E of the Europa League up until a few moments ago. They brought on Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford, and both of them scored to make it 2-1 to United away to Neil Lennon's Ammonia Nicosia. Elsewhere in that group, Real Sociedad are 2-0 up away to Sheriff David Silva, scored the first of those. There's an 8 o'clock start at the Emirates, where Arsenal take on the Norwegian champions, Bodo Glimt, and in Group A's other game at the moment, PSV, also uh, in the ascendancy, they are 5-0 up uh, away to FC Zurich. And Irish eyes will be trained on Hamden this evening where Scotland face Austria in their Women's World Cup playoff. The Republic of Ireland, of course, play the winners of that match away from home on Tuesday night and kick-off to that one is a 25-8. to 8.
2: So we have Sue Ronan coming up on the football show. She'll be watching that game and letting us know what Ireland can expect on Tuesday night, depending on who comes through. I don't know if you've been following this, Joe. There was a couple of articles over the last few days on how much of a mess uh, these playoffs are and how UEFA have sort of just... Uh, Wiped their hands of it and said, nothing to do with us. You can have these games whenever you want on Tuesday. It doesn't matter what it's clashing with. It doesn't matter if they can be on TV or not. It means that RTE are in a difficult position in terms of television coverage. They have to show Champions League. If it's in Scotland, it's going to be in Hamden on Tuesday night at the same time as Celtic are playing in the Champions League in Glasgow on Tuesday night. And RTE are required contractually to show... The Champions League. Uh, The very fact that you've, what, four-day turnaround even to prepare for the game, for, like, this is Ireland's biggest ever game, for family members, for supporters to try and organise a trip. Uh, Like, there's so many good strides being made around the women's game and then you have the governing body treating it like this.
1: D'Arapeau was complaining about it over the weekend and making similar points and even adding that the better side, so in this case, the Republic of Ireland and the other teams who had managed to skip this initial round were being punished for that, away from home, not knowing who their opponents would be, obviously or where their destination was until very late on. And as you said, family members and uh, the broadcasting situation I hadn't really considered. But uh, yeah, it's very very tricky on several fronts. And um, it does appear, and and who knows, why these things are done this way. But it does so often just appear with the women's game like it's a lack of consideration generally and a sense that we can get away with a lack of consideration because none of that really adds up as being the best way to do uh, the logistics of of what are the most important games of the year for all of these players.
2: And UEFA, who are generally sticklers for uh, every type of protocol as well, right in the centre of this. Uh, Just on the football tonight then, yeah, I would be interested to hear from Stephen Bradley after the game uh, because it's such a shame if Shamrock Rovers are having to put that focus on the game against Shelburne that you know Jack Byrne isn't playing in a game of this magnitude. Like, in a way, you're trying to win the league to get back into this position again, but you're in this position now and you can't make the most of it when you're there. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and by all accounts, I don't know if you've seen much of it, Richie, but by all accounts, I mean they it like it, scoreline. Does not do a disservice to how poor no, exactly. Rovers have been on the night either.
0: Yeah, yeah, they kind of do, they deserve to be where they are tonight. Um Malda have just been the better side pretty much from the from the first minute. I think they scored after ten and have been in control more or less since then. So rovers are where they are really tonight.
2: I'd love to know what players honestly think in a situation like this. Like Rory Gaffney, I'd be very surprised if he's not in the mix to be footballer of the year in Ireland, and hasn't started any of the three European games, not starting tonight, like Jack Byrne what an opportunity to go and show what you're about, mm. uh, this game been televised I'm watching it here on, on BT Sport it's live on TV in Ireland and yes it's for the greater good of the club potentially, of you have to go and make sure you win that league title again, but like, this is what you spent 12 months working for and then you've got to sit on the bench and watch it Yeah, when
1: is the next game Nathan?
2: They're playing Shells on Sunday and then they've got the return game against Mulder next
1: Thursday night so it is a relentless fixture list yeah it's difficult i mean I, I dare say though the players might fancy giving it a go you know like sometimes we i mean we do see players get into a rhythm of playing two games a week like this and like uh, a month ago a month and a half ago this was being celebrated right across irish sport as you know the start of irish teams routinely being in europe and this is the pinnacle for the players and i would tend to agree with you what's the point in not having a bit more of a go you know why, why are we in such um why are we breaking our backs to qualify for these tournaments? Is it, If it's purely financial, then it's purely f- financial. But um, I don't know. I, uh, like, I, I'd be surprised if it's beyond a lot of these players to play on Sunday and play to a very good level as well. I don't know. I, I, has Bradley been pushed on that or is it just fairly been straight back, this is the way we're doing it?
2: I suspect he will be after this, uh, considering yeah. how dominant uh, Molde have been. Like, You know, Rovers haven't given themselves a fighter's chance at all in this. So 3-0 at 12 minutes to go. Uh, The other one is Manchester United come from behind to leave Ammonia Nicosia 2-1. This, by the way, isn't a Thursday night Manchester United team. They made three changes from the derby. And the players they brought in were Cristiano Ronaldo, Casemiro and Victor Lindelof for the injured Rafa Varane. Uh, So Eric Ten Hag really was starting to be feeling a bit of pressure, I think, if they hadn't turned this around. I don't know if you see much of it, Richie.
0: Uh, I haven't, no, but um, I, kinda, I guess it tells a tale that it took them uh, two substitutions in the second half to to get back into the game. Those being Rashford and Martial coming on and that Cristiano Ronaldo up front, up front on his own <clears throat> was pretty ineffectual. I know John Giles uh, made the point of saying that Bruno Fernandes hasn't necessarily been at the races again this season. I think that was very much the case during the first half this evening too. Um, place a bull on I mean, let's just looking at the Martial goal there the run he makes is kind of critical to that actually being converted so um, it's not been all on him but they're just in such a sticky place at the moment United that they need momentum more than anything else and you saw what those couple of wins did for them in terms of getting confidence up and they've been knocked back right back to square one even if they come away with what, a, one, a one goal two goal victory uh, in Nicosia it's still uh, you know a Cypriot side away from home United with the team that they put out tonight should be able to put them away handily and they're not doing it. And I don't know what the reasons are for that yet. I don't know if he's found his, 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 his proper starting team, his proper style of play as
1: Eric Ten Hag, but it ain't working at the moment. The reasons are is that the little run they went on was completely false. They were against a Liverpool team struggling badly. They didn't deserve really to beat Arsenal on the balance and play. They sucker punched them on the counter-attack. That's fine. That's going to happen occasionally. But really, not much of that team has been sorted out. Jaden Sancho has had glimpses, but it's still only glimpses. Anthony has scored a couple of goals, and they've been very good goals. But he doesn't seem, much like Sancho, he doesn't seem to have lightning pace. Uh, they still have a problem in centre midfield, Ericsson, and well, we'll see how Casemiro gets on. And then up front, yeah, Rashford had those um, couple of moments, but they're still moments thus far. Ronaldo is where he is, and uh, they're waiting on Martial to... Uh, show this much improved form from over the summer but I think like, you throw all that together and now with Varane injured um, and unsettled back four again there's not a single line in the Manchester United team that anybody could be confident about so I think this was a, a, a nice brief little run when they beat Liverpool and beat Arsenal but it's, you know that that team that were hockeyed by Brentford has not gone away either.
2: Yeah, the inconsistency will remain. Uh, Connacht Munster tomorrow night, Richie uh, teams are
0: in yeah, should mention West Ham have just gone 1-0 up away to Anderlecht, Jan Lucas Kamika, another substitute scoring this evening, this time for the Hammers. But as you mentioned there, Jack Carty is going to make his first appearance of the season for Connacht tomorrow night. He's been named to start at out half for their Interpro derby with Munster at the sports ground. David Hawkshaw switches to inside centre with Byron Ralston outside him. Connor Fitzgerald replaces Oren McNulty at full back. And Gavin Thornbury returns to the second row and is a first start for the New Zealand-born uh, Seamus Hurley Langton. That on the blind side. For Munster, first starts of the campaign for Joey Carberry, Conor Murray and Gavin Coons. Carberry will start though at full back in place of Mike Haley. Ben Healy continues at 10. The other change sees Sean Klein return from a head injury to replace Finlay and Witterly. Tomorrow night's game sees Connacht christen their new 4G pitch. And some have questioned that the province replacing what had been considered something of a levelling feature at the sports ground. Finlay Beelham says the new surface will positively affect Connacht.
2: I'm sure you're all aware. We get a lot of rain and wind around here. The pitch can get pretty, pretty buggered up by, uh, you know, November, even at the earliest. So the fact that we have a 4g pitch now, we can play our brand of rugby all year round. It's something we're really excited about. And we've got great footballers in the squad and real natural footballers, I would say as well. So, um, the fact now we're gonna be able to play a game all year round, regardless of the weather, 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 and the pitch won't be slowed down. It's going to be excellent. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to Friday and the weeks to come at home. It's uh, it's been a minute since we were back here, so um, we're looking forward to playing our brand of rugby come Friday. Uh, I was definitely guilty, and I think I said it of feeling the Euro at times. Joe felt like a lot of glorified friendlies with so many players missing the matches. But listening to some of the punditry over the last week, you really get a sense that the addition of the South African teams, not just to this, but uh, to the European Cup in the future as well. Yeah means that even this early in the season, these are huge games, particularly with Connacht having lost their three matches and Munster struggling and their fixture list straight after this where they both have to play Leinster over the next couple of weeks. like This could have serious knock-on effects for the next 18 months of qualifying for Europe and getting into the Champions
1: Cup, which isn't a given anymore, even for Munster. It's going to put pressure on somebody because of their respective starts of the season, for sure, and fewer games in the URC as well. So it's a bit of a sprint now, even though it's a league, and it's probably better for it as opposed to there being the sense of no jeopardy, no matter what happens, especially, you know, for the likes of Munster and Leinster. So there's that bit more pressure on, uh, albeit you would think they'll have the quality to be uh, fine ultimately and make the knockout stages. Though Munster, as we saw last season, uh, Munster are not above really needing a home knockout um, route to a URC final, let alone in Europe. Tomorrow should be good. I mean, Joey Carberry starting a fullback that really catches the eye. I don't think that's insignificant and uh, several have said well that's his best position even though obviously from an irish point of view he's been really um uh, well they've they've certainly hoped he's the number 10 to take over from sexton and and there's been varying degrees of success there but at, at 15 he's had some very good performances from leinster and then it was no he's going to munster and he's going as a number 10 and he's going to get minutes at number 10 and of course best laid plans and all that so uh, it's 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 really catches the eye that they're going with Healy and and it, like if Carby plays great at fifteen, who knows what that means um, a year out for a World Cup? And then uh, Connacht, you know, it's it's kind of uh, what uh, Finlay Billeam there is, is, says there is very true. I mean, it's amazing in the post Pat Lam era, uh, Connacht now very genuinely have gone from in a club who wanted all the wind and all the rain and the heaviest pitch uh, that we we could throw at the opposition to being a ball playing or certainly aspiring to be a ball playing team who are, really want a 4G pitch and, and don't want any kind of leveller. So um, I'd like it, it's amazing how that club has almost transformed its identity mm. in, in six years. I know things aren't going great now, but like a totally different philosophy. Usual issue in
2: football that drives me absolutely mad. The whole achievement to qualify is undermined by not trying once you get there. Yeah. It's worse when it's teams like Leicester or Wolves throwing games in Europe to focus on finishing 11th in the Premier League maybe Stephen Bradley will say I've got to be realistic I've got to look at my squad Uh, I've got to look at my squad compared to other squads around Europe and we just can't afford to take the risk of dropping points and it's only five games left what are they five points ahead of Derry but they still have to play Derry and you know the the achievement was getting there but it did feel because it was the Conference League that actually okay maybe qualifying was was stretching it but that they should certainly have been able to pick up some points
1: yeah and and like isn't that the whole well I was going to say certainly for the fans, but I think for the players as well, to get a win in Europe and have that night together, that's significant. You know, you can't just say, well, that's not worth something. But um, look, who knows what S&C advice Bradley's getting about the players. But I, again, i I like... Um, 11 a plays of Manchester- on Saturday. Yeah, like Manchester United are going to play on uh, Sunday and it wouldn't occur to us to say that, oh, well, however many of the starting 11 tonight can't play on Sunday. So uh, can the fitness levels be that different? I don't think so. are
2: full-time
0: as well. Hmm. Uh,
2: we got to leave it there. Uh, I see Dan McDonald. Richie is reporting
0: that Ian Ryan is going to be the next Bohemians manager. So you can ponder yeah. that for the uh, ponder that for the evening. Yeah, I'd seen that one mooted uh, a while ago as well. Three one to United now as well. Marcus Rashford has gotten their third of the evening. They're back. All right. Three two. Ah, there we go. Oof,
2: classic. Uh, Richie, thanks as always. Joe, enjoy the weekend. All right, lads.